Hey folks, this is Pastor Larry Cole, and I want to thank you for tuning in to Torchbearers today. Uh, today I want to talk about a prophetic word that the Lord gave me this morning. Um, I was in an extended time of prayer, and uh, the Holy Spirit began to speak to me, and uh, what He was saying to me, I could vividly see um, in my spirit's mind, and I was uh, even feeling it emotionally. Um, just even times of being overwhelmed and just waves of feeling the presence of the Lord, uh, the love of God, the seriousness of the times that we're in, uh, and also just a soberness of His presence. Um, so I want to start with this. Uh, back on January 30th, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and He said, I want you to focus on my presence uh, throughout the month of February. Um, at the time, I didn't think that was uh, too much for Him to ask. Um, that's always been... Uh, my primary focus, uh, I feel, um, you know, I, I grew up hearing some preaching and, and teaching, but I never experienced anything that changed my life. Uh, but in 1996, I had an encounter with the Lord. That encounter was with His presence. Um, and I was also surrounded by many people who were also encountering the presence of the Lord. Um, and that's not a, a do-all. Uh, it doesn't mean that you are unable to backslide or turn away from the Lord, but an encounter with the presence of God uh, definitely has the ability to help keep you, um, to keep a hold of your heart and keep your focus on the Lord. Uh, so throughout um, almost three decades now of, of really walking with the Lord, uh, I can trace it all back to an experience with His presence. Uh, like I said, I had heard preaching uh, prior to then. Uh, I had read uh, different portions of the Scripture. I can't say I read the entire Bible, but I had definitely read portions of the Scripture. But when I encountered the presence of the Lord, it all just came to life. It all just began to make sense. I gained understanding almost instantly as a result of the presence of the Lord. Um, many things that people would read in the Scripture and they would uh, debate about its meanings. Um, I, I was gaining understanding. Um, and there are still mysteries concerning times, concerning places, uh, concerning when and where God's going to move or act and, and how He's going to move. Uh, but experiencing His presence brought an understanding of who He is and of His ways. So I don't need to know the exact day or hour of anything, uh, especially of His return. And Jesus said we wouldn't. No man knows the day nor the hour. Um, not even Jesus Himself, but only the Father in Heaven. But, you know, I really don't need to know the exact time, the exact day, the exact hour. What I need to know is the presence of God. And the presence of God supersedes times. It supersedes seasons. It supersedes the acts of God. But I will say this, God does have a timeline. If you're wondering where we are in God's um, timeline of the earth, so we know that there was something that happened, uh, we usually refer to it as creation, uh, that happened about 6,000 years ago. And we can see patterns throughout the scripture. Uh, a day is as a thousand years, a thousand years as a day. Um, so two days would equal 2,000 years. Six days would equal 6,000 years. Um, so there's something, you know, about types and shadows and patterns that we see in the scripture uh, concerning um, God's timing, God's calendar. 
Um, so if you want to know where we are in time, friend, I just want to encourage you right now, everything that the scripture has prophesied, everything that God has foretold would happen on the earth is right on time. It has not been delayed. It has not been put off. If there is any delay, it is in this, that God is long-suffering. And had Jesus returned 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, 100 years ago, if he had returned in the past, there would have been many souls that were not prepared to spend eternity in heaven. So through the long suffering of the Lord, wishing that no man would perish, Jesus has not come back. The Father has not had Jesus come back. Um, so therefore, people have had time to repent. They've had time to humble themselves. They've had time to experience the presence of God and the circumcision of heart and the salvation that comes with it. So if you're wondering what's holding God back, number one, it's because he is long suffering and he is full of mercy and he wishes that no one would perish. So God's just tolerating humanity and putting up with us a little bit longer so that we can have time to see the wickedness in our hearts, to see the evil of our days and to humble ourselves and turn away from those things and turn to Him. So everything is right on schedule. Um, God is not uh, caught unaware uh, when the sun rises and there's one more day for the earth to keep rotating around the sun. God is not surprised. He's not caught off guard. He knew exactly where the earth would be at this time in history. Now let's bring that down to a, uh, a micro scale. If there is a back porch light on an old farmhouse in the countryside of Georgia, and tonight a moth is attracted to that light and lands on the house next to that light, God is aware of that moth. The God of the universe who put the planets into orbit, who set the stars in their place, who spoke all creation into being by His Word, the God of the galaxy and the universe, who is aware of the solar system and all that's going on, is also aware of this one little moth that just lands on, a, on a, the side of a house tonight in the swamps of Georgia. God is aware of everything that is going on. Jesus is all and He is in all. Jesus is, is the Word of God by which the worlds were created and framed. And the Word of God is aware of everything that is moving, that is coming into its being, everything that is, is alive. Um, God is aware of everything. So I, I just wanted to, to say all this to set the stage for what I'm about to share. Um, January 30th, again, the Lord told me that He wanted the month of February to be a time of me seeking His presence. Um, so I can't say that every day in February that I took as much time as I should have to have spent time with the Lord in prayer, uh, fasting and worship, uh, but um, I did hold to the word of the Lord and every day I put out a, uh, a post, an email, uh, something concerning the presence of the Lord, things that the Holy Spirit was showing me. Um, so I was never very distant from the Lord at all. Uh, in fact, there was even a night during the month of February that my wife and I sat down to watch a movie, and the movie was two hours long. Um, it wasn't a bad movie. There was nothing in it that would have grieved or quenched the Holy Spirit. Um, but at the end of the movie, I could tell that um, for almost a couple of hours, my mind 
had not been on the Lord. I could tell it. Um, there wasn't a big separation there. Um, after the movie, my wife went to bed and I told her I was going to stay up for a few more hours. And I went into my study and I met with the Lord and He was there really quick just to come and meet with me. Um, but overall, during the month of February, I've spent quite a bit of time in prayer and seeking the Lord. Um, and, and really nothing uh, spectacular uh, has happened. Uh, I've had no visions of angels, uh, really no uh, overwhelming revelations um, until today. Today, the second to the last day of February, uh, I was in an extended time of prayer and worship. And the Holy Spirit, uh, a couple hours into prayer, began to speak to me. And the things that He spoke to me of uh, kind of caught me off, off guard. Uh, my mind just wasn't there. Um, so I could tell when He began to speak to me that it was different than where my thoughts were going in this time of prayer and worship. Uh, so I, I really paid special attention to what He was saying. Um, so when God speaks to us, uh, one of the ways that we know He's speaking to us is um, the first thing that we sense are thoughts in our mind. Uh, this is also uh, the same pattern for the enemy. How do I know that the enemy is speaking to me? Um, when demons are speaking to us, we get thoughts in our minds, and they're ungodly thoughts. Um, the, this can be anything from thoughts of anger, um, thoughts of depression, thoughts of suicide, thoughts of fear, thoughts of lust. Um, just anything that is contrary to God. When the enemy speaks to us, so a lot of times uh, Christians get in condemnation over the thoughts that they have. Um, and there are things in our mind from our former past, before we were born again, that are still in our mind um, that can easily come up as thoughts. And we need to learn to cast down those thoughts and those imaginations. Um, the best way for you to have your mind cleansed from all unrighteousness of your past is to get in the Word of God. The Word of God is like water that will wash your mind. Uh, even, even the scripture says the washing of the water of the Word. It will cleanse your mind and it will purify your mind. It will give you the mind of Christ. And Christ is not thinking thoughts of suicide and depression and lust and all those things. So. One of the ways that you can know that the enemy has come near you and is speaking to you is to judge your thoughts. Um, do they line up with scripture? Do they line up with holiness, righteousness, godliness? If not, it's very possible that the enemy has come near you and is speaking to you um, these dark thoughts. So with that awareness, you need to repent for allowing those thoughts to be in your mind and ask Jesus to wash you in his blood, wash your mind, and, and you need to have those thoughts washed away by the blood of Jesus, then you need to rebuke the enemy that's bringing those thoughts. The primary purpose for the enemy bringing those thoughts, he's testing us to see if we will entertain those thoughts, to see if we will uh, host them and allow them to remain in our minds, and if we will ponder on them. If we do, we are giving place to the devil. So the best thing to do when you get an ungodly thought is just immediately cast it down, ask Jesus to let his blood and his word wash your mind, and then you have authority over the enemy. Rebuke the enemy and command him to leave you in Jesus' name, and ask the Holy Spirit to replace those dark thoughts with thoughts of holiness and righteousness and godliness. Think upon these things. Set your mind upon things above. Um, so that's how we know when 
also the Holy Spirit is speaking to us because things will come to our minds that are holy, that are righteous, that are godly. Um, you know, a lot of people think, well, this is just my mind thinking these bad thoughts are good thoughts. Well, um, especially the good thoughts, it's probably not your mind uh, just because the carnal nature uh, doesn't naturally think godly thoughts. So when the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you, He will speak to you about Jesus, about the Father, about Himself. He will speak to you about how to get your soul right, how to get yourself uh, free from oppression, from bondage, uh, from wounds that you've had. He will tell you, He will convict you of sin that's in your life. These are all the Holy Spirit. So welcome those thoughts, meditate upon them, um, confirm them with the Scripture. Uh, the Holy Spirit will never tell you anything contrary to the Scripture. So while I was in prayer this morning, the Holy Spirit began to speak to me about the Lamb of God. And He began to speak to me about um, the Lamb of God and His effects upon the church. So let me start with this. When the Holy Spirit was speaking to me this morning, I instantly in my mind began to get a picture of the throne room of God. The throne of God is from where Everything has its being. God is eternal. There is not a speck of dust in the universe that did not originate from the throne of God through creation and through the purposes of God. That moth on the wall in that farmhouse in Georgia settled on that house through God's awareness. God sits on a throne. A throne represents His authority, His majesty, His power. Around this throne, there are creatures that even people in the Scripture were struggling to try to define what they were like. Surrounding God's throne, there are wheels that are turning. There are wheels within wheels, and these wheels have eyes. There are creatures, there are beings. These creatures have wings. These creatures are like living fire. Uh, seraphim and cherubim, these are not little fat um, uh, childlike angels that fly around the throne all fluffy and soft. Um, the, the seraphim and the cherubim are powerful angelic beings that kick butt throughout the universe. Um, outside of God Himself, there is probably no other more powerful beings than seraphim and cherubim around the throne. Um, but that's another subject for another day. But around this throne, there are thunderings, there are lightnings, there are sounds that would make a man tremble and just fall to his knees, um, unable to stand in the presence of God. So I even um, laugh at people when they tell me about their throne room experience, and they can laugh about it, or they can tell it with very little weight um, in their voice. Uh, friend, if you have encountered the throne room of God, your heart has been touched in a special place so that your life is never the same again. You are touched for the rest of your life. You are changed. You will never be the same. So don't give me your stories about um, throne room experiences uh, while you chug your milkshake. Um, it's not happening. 
Um, God is a powerful being. Uh, when he came down on the mount, mountain uh, with Moses at Mount Sinai, um, over two million Hebrews took off running from the presence of God. That's how powerful, <coughs> excuse me, that's how powerful the presence of God is that would cause two million of his own people to take off running. And that was when he came down on the mountain and when he came down on the mountain, yes, there were uh, thunderings and lightnings and trumpet blasts and, and earthquakes, but it does not compare to his throne room. In his throne room, there are more trumpet blasts, louder trumpet blasts. There are brighter lightnings, louder thunderings. There are more severe earthquakes and shakings around the throne of God. So we need to realize the throne of God is nothing small. So what I saw this morning was that from this throne, from the place where lightnings come forth, where voices that are speaking things that can't be uttered are coming from, from this throne there is revelation constantly coming forth. In fact, you need to know that every revelation that God has ever given you originated from the throne of God. Don't just entertain it as a small fact, as a small understanding. But you've got to ascertain this revelation came from the throne of God. So therefore, no revelation of God is any small thing. Every revelation is great and has the power to impact and affect your life. Don't cast it off as something small. So the Holy Spirit was showing me that very soon, and when I say very soon, if you look at the past 6,000 years, uh, that's a pretty big timeline. So when the Lord told me very soon, I would estimate at the most two years from the end of February 2021. At the most two years. But I really feel in my spirit that, that the Holy Spirit was saying in the year 2021, there is revelation that are coming from the throne of God and this revelation is like an impact in the throne of God. So it's just like within the sun, there are explosions happening on our sun. And from these explosions, there are waves, radioactive waves sort of things, whatever, uh, coming from the sun that shoot across the universe. The same way, uh, similar to God's throne, I see an impact hitting God's throne. And it's not an impact as in an attack from an enemy or anything like that. But there is such a great revelation coming forth from the throne that uh, the throne of God is about to shake and from the throne of God there is a ripple that is going out throughout the throne room of God throughout heaven across the universe and even uh, across the earth so imagine throwing a rock into a still pond and where that rock hits is the center of impact. And from that impact, the ripples are sent out across the pond. And it's interesting too, when that rock hits the water, it's not just one um, impact. It's not just one, it's one impact, but it's not one ripple that is sent out from that impact. But it is ripple after ripple after ripple that goes throughout that pond. Um, what is about to happen at the throne of God has so much impact that it will shake the throne of God, it will shake the throne room, and the ripples will move out from the throne room of God across the universe and impact the earth. 
This revelation that is coming forth from the throne room of God is a revelation of the Lamb of God that is coming to the church. And friend, you might say, well, I've already had the revelation of the Lamb of God. Friend, what do you think we're going to do for all eternity? For all of eternity, we are going to be getting revelation of the Lamb of God. So the revelation that we have received so far is just the tip of the iceberg. There is a revelation coming from the throne of God concerning the Lamb of God and it is shooting across the universe, shaking everything in its path. The Holy Spirit told me this morning that soon, uh, I believe possibly 2021, the heavens will be shaken and this shaking will come as a, a result of the impact of the revelation of the Lamb of God that hits the throne of God and ripples out across the universe. This revelation will bring a new wave of worship across the earth. This wave of worship began with a shaking in heaven that resembles the waters throughout the universe um, rippling um, like the rock hitting on the pond. The revelation that will bring forth great worship will call the Lamb forth from the throne of God. So friend, there's a revelation impacting and coming out of the throne of God concerning the Lamb of God. And it will send ripples of this revelation across heaven and across the universe. There is a revelation of the Lamb of God that is coming to the earth that has never been experienced before. Um, what I saw in my mind, this relates to uh, the book of Revelation, chapter 4 and chapter 5. John was invited to come up to heaven. He was found in the Spirit on the Lord's day. He saw a window open in heaven and he was taken up and he saw the throne room. and. He saw one sitting on the throne holding a scroll with seven seals. And the question was asked by a mighty angel, who is worthy to open the scroll? And all of heaven began to weep. There is a weeping that is coming to the body of Christ in the earth because until that scroll is opened, until those seals are broken, it cannot fulfill the full destiny of the Lamb. When Jesus said, it is finished, I have come to fulfill the law. He was talking about of things on earth and now he is in heaven and he is awaiting the time to fulfill his destiny in heaven and in earth. The finish line of his destiny, that last uh, 20 yards of the marathon will be fulfilled when the Lamb takes that scroll out of the hand of the Father in heaven and he begins to break these seals. The waters will begin to ripple across the earth. The revelation that will bring forth great worship will call the Lamb forth from the throne of God where He will be handed the scroll with the seven seals. We, the church, will begin to recognize these events taking place first in the spirit realm, but then they will manifest in the natural realm. Because in the natural, the body of Christ in mass will begin to weep as they realize that until the Lamb is called forth for His destiny, He cannot be uh, fulfilled completely. So what the Holy Spirit was showing me, there is weeping in heaven as, as the angel asked, who is worthy to open the scroll? Who is worthy to break the seals? And there was none found in heaven or on earth or under the earth who was worthy to take the scroll from the Father and break the seals and open it up. So there is a time of weeping that is coming forth throughout heaven and upon earth. Many will call this travail. They will call this uh, pains as in childbirth. But it is the grieving of the Holy Spirit within us calling forth the Lamb of God to come out of the throne and fulfill His destiny. 
destiny. So friends, we are looking for an impact of travailing, of, of, of pains, of birth pains that are about to come on the church in every nation and it will sweep across the world. We will recognize the signs of this time that we live in because wailing and travailing will come upon the body of Christ in mass. There will be weeping that will endure for the night. And I'm not just talking about silent tears. I'm talking about people that are so grieved for the Lamb of God to receive the reward of His suffering that there will be people who for days all they can do is just curl up in a ball um, on the floor and just cry and just weep and wail with sounds that can't be uttered or put into words. These are the birth pains. This is the travail that the church is about to go through to give birth to the things that God is giving her. The revelation to the body of Christ is until there is someone to take the scroll out of the hands of the one upon the throne and break the seals, the Lamb of God cannot fulfill His destiny. The Lamb of God cannot receive the reward of His sufferings. So it's interesting, the term Lamb of God is only used in, in one of the Gospels, and that's in the book of John. And it was also John who wrote the book of Revelation, and both the book of John and the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ were both written around the same time, somewhere between 90 uh, AD and 100 AD. So it's interesting that it was John who received the revelation of Jesus Christ, the Lamb, is the only one who wrote, wrote in his gospel that Jesus was the Lamb of God. So there's a wave of revelation of the Lamb of God that is coming upon the church. And I believe the Holy Spirit was telling me that this revelation will come to the fivefold ministry first, and it will shake the fivefold ministry to its core. Every apostle will be shaken, every every prophet, every evangelist, pastor, and teacher will be shaken to their core. But what he's doing is putting together one new man out of these five offices. So what we will see is the result will be an apostolic, prophetic evangelist that will shepherd, teach, and disciple a generation that's coming up. The, the, the travail that's coming on the church will result in two things. Number one, the Lamb of God coming forth from the throne of God. Number two, it will result in a great harvest coming forth on the earth, a harvest of souls. The lost will come to salvation. They will come to redemption through the body of Christ that is receiving their identity in the fivefold ministry. Friend, the fivefold ministry is not separate from the body of Christ. Um, yes, it is that the fivefold ministry are leaders in the church, but the characteristics and attributes of the fivefold ministry is now coming upon the body so that every person in the body will identify themselves uh, with the same characteristics as one or more of the fivefold ministry. Um, and let me throw this in. There's a third thing that's coming from this revelation of the Lamb. Number one, the Lamb of God is about to be revealed in a way that this generation and in for many generations has not been seen. Uh, in fact, I'm just going to say this. All the way back to the crucifixion, there has not been such a great revelation of the Lamb of God as what we are about to experience in the church, in the earth, the body of Christ. There's a revelation of 
the Lamb coming forth. Number two, that revelation is going to result in a great harvest. There is a harvest of souls that the earth has never seen. Salvation is coming to the earth like a tidal wave. These ripples that are coming across the universe, they will shake the earth to its core. They will shake the chains of bondage off of the church and free them from the things that this world has bound upon them and set them free. And these same shock waves from the throne of God will blast lostness, darkness, hell off of the lost. And multitudes will be saved even without the church preaching the word of God and testifying of the Lamb. They will know. They will know who God is because a revelation of the Lamb has come to them from the throne of God. The third thing that will result from this revelation of the Lamb is the idols of this world will begin to be judged. Now friend, this is not a doctrine. Uh, this is not a teaching. This is reality. God created this earth and He had a purpose when He created it. And the earth has given itself over to darkness and the ways of evil and God is coming to judge. He is coming to judge the idols that mankind has set up to be um, things of worship. Even in the church, we have idols in our church and the Holy Spirit will not contend with it anymore. The idols in the church will be the ones that fall first. In 2021, 2022, there will be local congregations that shut and lock their door for good, or the presence of God will leave and will not come back. And what they do will just be for show. It will just be for money. It will just be to maintain their reputation. They will not die to themselves and God will turn them over to a reprobate mind, just as he has done to other sinners. And their hearts will become cold and numb and their minds will become uh, reprobate. They will not have uh, sound minds to endure sound doctrine. And in the name of Jesus, I declare this day that the spirit of Antichrist is already working in the church and it will result in the Antichrist that is coming forth. And it's working in the church. The spirit of Antichrist is working in the church. Anywhere that man rises up against the Christ, he is under submission to the spirit of Antichrist. So, friend, I want to encourage you. This is the time of, of weeping that is coming. This cannot be stirred up. It can't be mustered up. We can only walk in holiness and righteousness. We can only give ourselves in time to the Lord. In, in knowing who He is and walking with Him and longing for fellowship with Him. Out of this, the Holy Spirit will begin to bear witness with our spirit that there is a time coming when the revelation of the Lamb will come forth. It will not happen without a connection with the Holy Spirit who is the number one purpose. His number one purpose is to reveal the Lamb of God. How was John able to be called up into heaven to see the throne room and the things that happened there. He was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Friend, I challenge you this day. Every day is the Lord's day. Be in the spirit. Be lost in his presence. Enter in. Enter in. Set aside your idols. Set aside the things that your hearts are desiring. Set aside the things of this world and give time to God. And He will call you in and He will fill you with His Holy Spirit and you will be ready when the time comes to take the sickle that He hands you and thrust it into the earth and bring in a harvest and you will bear fruit in the name of Jesus. I pray for you now that the Holy Spirit is giving you eyes to see 
that these are the times that we live in and the Lamb of God is about to proceed from the throne of God. I bless you to have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church in these last days. In Jesus' name, amen.